This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Our program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. And now, here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello, hello. Good to be with you. And I know we've said thank you a number of times already, but we can't say it often enough. We had a share earlier this month, and I want to thank everybody who made that event uh, a big success. Of course, we want to thank everybody who uh, kind of chipped in and donated to uh, help keep Catholic Radio on the air here. We couldn't uh, stay on the air without them. We also want to thank all of the volunteers who came in and the staff and the guests that all made it possible and the people that provided all of the uh, food and everything like that. It's kind of a big event to put on a share when when you have a staff as small as Catholic Radio, but it, it has to be done. And uh, so we just want to thank everybody that was part of that. It was a big success, and uh, we uh, do appreciate everyone's effort. Yeah, we had a lot of people that called in and uh, that were listening and that donated and to keep us on the air, right? Of course, and if you happen to miss the share <laughs> Darn. <laughs> if you, you, <laughs> you still have a chance. You can still... still. Uh... Absolutely, you do. We have a nice... Uh, Support button on our website. You can go to it anytime you want, catholicradioindy.org, and click on the support button. You can make a one-time donation there, or you can even set up an automatic monthly recurring donation there, which is something that really helps us out a whole bunch. That's catholicradioindy.org. Not too late in the year yet to uh, donate a car. If you're thinking about it, here's a good time to get one in. We'll get it picked up from your house very shortly and uh, get it on the auction block or the salvage yard or in the hands of a new owner one way or the other, and uh, Catholic Radio will benefit greatly from that as well. You can start that process also at the website catholicradioindy.org. Yes, and every show that we do, we start out with a prayer, and uh, Jim is going to lead us in our Come Holy Spirit prayer. We were discussing this before we went on the air, (laughs) who was going to lead and how we were were all going to do it together. So here's the deal. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to be looking for a rousting amen at the end of it. Okay. And and if if it's not robust enough, we'll have to do it all over again. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of us, your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we've got a great show for you today. The holidays are right around the corner, as you well know, and there's going to be more cooking, more fires in the fireplace, space heaters possibly, candles, Christmas trees, and busy schedules. And with all these elements of the holidays, how can we keep our homes and families safe from fires? Our guest today is Timothy Griffin. He is um, a public information officer for the Carmel Police Department and also a firefighter. And he joins us in studio today to talk about fire safety and the holidays. Welcome, Tim. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you. It's actually Carmel Fire Department. Carmel no, Fire. No. <laughs> what did I say? You said police department. Yeah, oh, I'm, well, I'm just kidding. I mean, we'll give those police guys a hard yeah, time. Oh, man. No, we, we actually, I love our 
our police. In, uh, in fact, we just had uh, one. Tim of Burns. Our, yeah, yes. we did. We had Tim in here, and he's actually also Catholic. And yeah, he was in here. So yeah. Was, he's kind of my counterpart to, for the police. So he's their PIO, and, uh, and my, I'm the PIO for the department, for the fire department. Great guy, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your family and your background. You, you're you actually a parishioner at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, where I go to, I go yeah, to church. Yeah, I've been at Our Lady for... Uh, a long time. I, originally, I went to Catholic school uh, on the east side of Indianapolis, Irvington, uh, Little Flower. Yeah. Uh, I was the first. I did not go to Cecina. My parents, my sister all went to Cecina. We moved to Carmel, and I went to Carmel High School, and then started going to Our Lady Mount Carmel. Uh, my wife went to Our Lady, uh, and then Cathedral. Uh, we met in high school. My stereotypical, like, Italian, Irish, Catholic family. My grandmother, when we moved to the from the east side to Carmel, my grandmother, my mom's mom, my grandma Vera moved a block from us. She'd always been a block from us. And so she moved up there right next to my wife. So that's when I first met my wife. And uh, we were friends all through um, high school. Uh, and then into college, uh, we started dating. And, and I always tell people, I think that's half the battle. We were, we were really good friends. And I think that is a key to a great marriage because uh, there's ups and downs in marriage. But when you have that partner that is your best friend, it makes such a difference. So uh, her and I have five daughters. Uh, we've been you're married out, seven. I am very much outnumbered. We have uh, uh, the five daughters. We weren't trying for the boy. We always planned on uh, four or five kids. So we've got Vera, who's 13. Amelia's 11. Stella is uh, nine. Maria is seven. And Elena is five. Wow. Yeah. And then we're fortunate. Both our parents live still right in the same houses that they did a mile and a half or so from us. So we're really fortunate. My younger brother. Uh, my brother lives in the area, so does my sister. Teresa's brother is a firefighter with me in Carmel. So we're really a close-knit family. Sure. So we're really fortunate to have everybody kind of around. That's super awesome. We're talking with Tim Griffin, public information officer from the Carmel Fire Department. I actually <laughs> have it wrong on my script. So that explains a lot. I actually, actually read it right. But we're talking. We're going to be talking about um, holidays and how to stay safe in terms of um, fires, not having a fire. So... I, w- I got to ask you, what are the most common ways that house fires start, actually? Well, in the wintertime, we obviously we see a lot of um, space heater, overloaded cords. Um, you do see that. We see some cooking, obviously. Another one is that we've had a couple times is fires. We've had, we, we're, they've had a fireplace fire. They take the hot coals out, and, and you're not thinking. It's probably late at night, and they throw it. They think it's cool enough. They throw it right in the, the Rubbermaid you know, trash can that's Ooh. next to the house or in their garage. And it starts to melt. I've had several fires from hot coals that they've moved out, thrown in, in something that's flammable. Sure. And so it causes that. But a lot of space heaters, we do have Christmas trees, you know, and some overloaded stuff. Uh, for a while, we're having, during the winter, they have a lot of uh, people using dehumidifiers in the basement. Mm. And they're having some issues with different dehumidifiers. I know there was a couple of recalls. So we've had a handful of fires actually with dehumidifiers um, during the winter months. So just something to look at, you know, that you want to check out and make sure that maybe yours is on a recall list. Before we started, you had something that you really like had a burning passion, (laughs) pun intended, I guess, to, uh, (laughs) to share with, um, our audience about things that you've been seeing in go, you know, you're getting all these calls, but they're not necessarily fire calls recently. Talk about that. Yeah. So as, as, uh, in Carmel, we're, uh, our fire department's combination. So we do uh, fire and EMS. So we, we provide all of the EMS. Our, we, all of our firefighters are at least EMTs. Several of us are, are paramedics. Uh, so we do all the EMS calls and something that I've really seen an uptick. And I think people probably have been seeing this just in their own lives as, you know, we're a year and a half into a pandemic. Hopefully we're sort of in that endemic stage, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yes. And so it, it's really a mental emotional. We're running on so many mental emotional 
uh, suicidal, alcoholic. And I think when you, we're social beings, right? We're, yeah. we're meant to be around each other. We're meant to be uh, communicating. And, and, you know, I understand people need to do that to the level that they feel comfortable. And, and that's okay. But what I want to say is that you've got, I think people really need to start looking at the positive side of life, finding those stories. And it can be hard sometimes. Sometimes the news doesn't want to put the positive stories out there. So you've got to really search sometimes to find the good that's happening. And there's a lot of it. As somebody that's been out in the in it uh, for a year and a half in this pandemic, I have seen more good than I have uh, bad. I have seen families that have come closer and stronger together. Uh, you know, I hope my girls, we were fortunate that nobody got really sick during, during this time or, or has passed away from COVID. But what I could say is during when we were all locked away, we were spending a lot of time together. I think they're going to have fond memories of that. And I think you really got to reach out and find those positive things that have happened. I mean, people are coming together in ways uh, that, you know, we would never have believed before. And I just hate to see so many people right now that are hurting. So if they are, I hope Please, if you're at home, if you're feeling like you're having those, you know, we're getting ready to have holidays. You know, sometimes that can be hard in itself on people. So if you're struggling with alcohol or drug or just depression, please reach out to someone, whether it's you call 911, we will come and, you know, we can talk to you and get you the right help. Or, you know, you call a family member or somebody else. I just, you know, I hate to see another call where somebody is, you know, could have been prevented by getting the help they need. So I know it's a stressful time, but very sure. passionate right now for me. Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, people just haven't quite re-engaged with life. I mean, whether it's a job or going back to mass, we talked about that before we got yes. started, or or even engaging with their friends, you know, because maybe their friend group has now moved on, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, just kind of realigned because they weren't in school, you know, at least uh, only partially. So, so yeah, well, hopefully uh, people will reach out if they need to get the help that they can. So I'm glad you got, got a chance and, to talk And even about reach out to... Uh, your parish, yeah. because yes. uh, most parishes have a ministry, a uh, Stephen ministry or other ministries where um, there is support available for people in all of those situations. I, I can say as a personal level, you know, I have uh, ulcerative colitis, some family, same family as like Crohn's, so an autoimmune disease. And even though I'm a health and wellness guy for the fire department, I have to struggle with a lot of health. And, uh, you know, that has been a I can't say enough. Father Richard at Our Lady Mount Carmel, it's almost like he has an uncanny ability to know when I'm feeling bad. He will give me a call and say, you feeling all right? Or text me. And, you know, that's because I started by reaching out to him. And so there are people in your parish, you know, that can help. And, and it's been unbelievable to me. And, and he'll always say, well, Tim, it's not a surprise to me. He's, God puts people where they need to be. <laughs> As somebody that's always a work in progress with my faith, uh, you know, it's a good reminder that when you reach out and, like you said, to your parish, I think you'll you'll have good results. We're talking with Tim Griffin. He is a public information officer for the Carmel Fire Department. And I want to get into, um, how about old school fire alarms? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are those still a thing? Yeah, smoke detectors, like a smoke detector. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, smoke detector. 100%, yes. Uh, there's a couple different types, but just as long as you have them. The, the big key with smoke detectors is, you, you know, one isn't going to do it, right? You want We always say, uh, hear the beep where you sleep. Mm. So you want them outside your bedroom, in the bedroom. So you want them, if you have an upstairs, you want them in the hallway, and then each of the rooms. You should really have one in each of your rooms. And when we change, uh, when we change our clocks, we change your batteries, you know. Uh, that's a good time to remember to do that. Uh, some is, is there a way to, uh, for, for people who maybe didn't change uh, their batteries when the clock changed there, is there a way for people to know whether that thing up on the wall is really well, normally, working or normally not. Normally they'll have a light. They also have the test button. Mm -hmm. So you can press that test button. 
if they're normally seven to 10 years, the manufacturer will have it. I just err on the side of seven years. I'd change them out, you know, because they can, they can get bad. A lot of times if the battery is getting low, they'll chirp. We'll get calls and people yep. think it's, Oh, yep. something's going on. It's chirping. Most likely that's just the battery or it's gotten old. Mm-hmm. Um, something else during this time along with smoke detectors that's important is, um, your CO detectors mm-hmm. because more heat's running and so you want to make sure that you have your CO detectors down by where you have your gas appliances and maybe one on the main floor too, uh, just because that's important. And then with that, all of these, you know, with the smoke detectors, something that people don't realize. And, and we tell, um, when I was a kid, if you kept your doors closed, you know, that meant my bedroom was dirty. My mom, you know, closed the door <laughs> until you get that room clean. But now uh, we actually encourage people to keep the doors closed throughout your house because that compartmentalizes your house. And even a hollow core door could slow a fire by 15 minutes. So say the fire starts in your laundry room, you've got that door closed. That can prevent the heat and the smoke and the fire from getting out. And it can actually give you a lot of time. And if you're not home, it also gives your house a lot of time maybe to not lose as many things. So we encourage people to keep all the doors throughout their home closed, which is kind of a weird concept at first. But compartmentalizing your home can really make a big difference. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about fire safety during the holiday season. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. Have you ever thought about joining the Catholic Church? Have you just wanted to explore the Catholic faith? All you need to do is call your local Catholic Church for more information. We are always happy to help you in your journey to discover and learn more about the Catholic faith. We have classes that are almost year-round, and the classes and information sessions do not involve making a commitment, and there is no pressure to join. Please call your local Catholic parish for more information today and start the journey of one day possibly becoming Catholic as well. God bless. What happens when you support Catholic Radio Indy? Local parishes and organizations have a resource to share their message. Listeners of all persuasions get to hear the unfiltered truths of the Catholic faith. And maybe, just maybe, you'll have a share in saving a soul for Christ. Won't you join our mission? Call 317-870-8400 or give online at catholicradioindy.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio, and we're talking with our guest, Tim Griffin. He's a public information officer from the Carmel Fire Department, and we were just joking at the break that my script is all crazy. <laughs> I was I was fried when I was doing this. In fact, we talked a couple weeks back that there, were, there was um, a couple... Uh, I guess alarms. Yeah, yeah alarms that alarms, went yeah. off at at Carmel High School, but um, but there weren't fires there, right? Nope, nope. We and we get those business alarms a lot. And one of the things that's funny is we were driving once. To, we get disregarded sometimes, right? It's a business. It's a false alarm. Mm-hmm. They know it before they get here, so we'll ride out lights and sirens because we're on a run, and then they call us and disregard on dispatch. So we shut off the lights and head back to the station. And two things, we had one time a person called and was upset because they thought we just ran the red light just to get through it. And we were like, we had to explain, no, we got disregarded. And then another, one of the guys that's on my uh, ladder truck with me, he had one of his dad's friends once said, I see you guys going those practice runs. He's like, no, no, those aren't practice runs. He's like, yeah, when you turn around, he's like, no, we just got disregarded. (laughs) Well, that's good to know. Yes. Well, I want to get into some tips. Uh, Let's talk specifically about Christmas tree safety. 
Yeah. So obviously, if you're going to have a real tree, we need to make sure that you keep that watered because as it dries out, so they kind of talk about cutting that at a 45 degree angle, making mm -hmm. sure you're keeping it watered. Um, don't leave your lights plugged on. You know, you need to really take mm -hmm. those off. I, uh, I have been known to be a culprit in the basement sometimes. And I went down and when we were removing the Christmas tree a couple of years ago, I had a where one of those, I had like the old uh, C9 lights mm -hmm. and had heated up and I had a big melted spot in my carpet. And see, here I am. I go out, talk about safety tips, and it's easy to just be lazy and say, you know what, I'll shut it off later. Oh, yeah. I'll get it later. Oh, yeah. So you really need to make sure you shut those off. You know, uh, a lot of communities have a community tree burn or something like that. And when you see that, how quickly those trees burn. I mean, the, the fire's burning and they throw another tree on and it just, woof, it's, oh, yeah. the tree's gone. And the same thing can happen in your home. It's the same trees. And it's very quick. And, you know, in that area, you're going to have a lot of stuff that can catch on fire, whether it's carpet, the couch is a lot of, of heavy um, fire load. And we normally will do that with the news. We'll do one or two um, burnings where we set up a tree that's been watered and wet and show how much longer it lasts. And then a dry tree. And if we light it, how fast it goes up mm -hmm. and, and, you know, how fast it can really wreck the house. What about artificial trees? Any, any particular safety items that need to be... Don't water them, Bridget. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> great. That's great advice. You know, I'm going to yeah. keep that. I'm going to keep that in mind, Jim. You're yeah. acting up again, aren't you? Yeah, you need to make sure that if obviously there's flickering going on with the lights, something's acting up, any kind of a smell. But you need to make sure that that you you're checking that. Also, uh, don't go old school. They all have the little fuses, right? Don't go and cut a. Mm. I've seen where people, you know, cut the metal uh, from old hangers and stick them in instead mm. to be conductors. Those fuses are, are popping for a reason. Something's overloading. So you need to make sure that if that's happening and you keep doing it, maybe a, a Christmas light and it keeps bursting the fuse, that's probably just a bad strand now. You need to just chalk it up to this one's gone and they last about a year and a half anyways, I feel like. About the next <laughs> Christmas, I had all new lights and now I'm getting them again. So Yeah, so in terms of not leaving your Christmas tree lights on overnight so just make sure you always unplug them no matter what right yeah i think unplug them especially if you're leaving the house that's oh. a big one when you're leaving the home too but yeah overnight too you obviously um want to shut those off and that's where those smoke detectors because the first thing that falls asleep when we go to bed is our noses mm. the only thing that doesn't fall asleep when you're sleeping like as your cognitive senses is your ears that's why smoke detectors mm. wake you up your ears are always awake that's why if you hear something it can kind of pop into your dream uh -huh. but mm -hmm. your nose is the first thing to fall asleep so you may not smell that smoke so it's important to to make sure again those smoke detectors are just so valuable and how many of those i know you mentioned like having one in every bedroom but how many in your entire house should you have well normally i like to have one in each bedroom at least one, depending on the size of your house, through that hallway, you know, um, and out, right, could be right outside that bathroom. And then downstairs, you want one in the kitchen and then maybe in the living area, but really kind of one in each room, maybe down in the um, laundry room if you have one too, and then basement. Okay, what about cooking fires? What kind of cooking so, safety? Well, because a lot of people are going to be cooking. Yeah, well, first, you know, and we don't see as much. I don't think people use the, the oil fryers as much, you know, mm -hmm. during Thanksgiving or Christmas as they once did. But make sure those are outside. Mm, your, yeah. your turkey needs to be <laughs> thawed because if it's frozen and you put it in there with the added water, it just, it, it'll, it'll go off. Uh, you also need to make sure a lot of times it'll maybe oil boiled over on your stove mm -hmm. and they'll try to throw water on if that oil spreads. So a lot of times if it's a pan that's on fire, cover it mm -hmm. and shut the stove off. You know, you just go over and shut the stove top off, cover it. It should go out. You know, that's why we suggest keep a, a, fire, a fire extinguisher in your kitchen at all times. I like one in the kitchen, the garage, and maybe one somewhere else that's quick to access, maybe one upstairs. Short of having that fire extinguisher in your kitchen, which is a great idea everybody should have, 
what should people do? Pan of grease catches on fire. What should you do? What should you not do? Well, you know, don't you don't want to fan it. You don't want to throw like a towel or something on it. And like I said, water can throw it out. So if you can cover it, like if it's in a pan and you have the lid, put the lid on because just like us, fire needs oxygen. So you can stamp it out that way. Another one is sometimes when it actually starts in the oven, mm-hmm. something's burning in the oven. People a lot of times will open it up and panic. Mm-hmm. That oven's meant to have a lot of heat. So it can handle it. So what you need to do is just shut it off. And then, you know, I would always suggest leave the house, call 911 mm-hmm. and let us take care of it. Now, if you're able to use a fire extinguisher, if it's small enough at that point, I would encourage you to try, but not if it's at all, you know, into the wall. If it's outside that pan area onto the you know counter anything like that then mm-hmm. then you know we're always a, f- a few minutes away so i'd rather sure and even if you put it out give us a call we, we've had a couple where they had something burn thought they had it all out threw it again in the garbage next to their house uh caught the fire it wasn't fully out caught the side of the house on fire Ooh, yeah. yeah so what about like overloading outlets you know because you got all these christmas lights on maybe outside and then maybe christmas lights inside and, and what about the two-prong plug versus the three you, you know that, putting the wrong thing in there you get what i'm saying yeah no for me i kind of adhere to like clark griswold i don't think you can have enough things plugged in <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i can relate I can just, now i do love my christmas lights but again you need to make sure that you're not overloading an outlet you know an outlet's not meant to have seven eight and nine more (laughs) plugs running into the one outlet and if you start popping fuses down in your basement Uh and you or my house it's basement Mm -hmm. but if you start overloading that panel then you know that you're overloading you're going to need to you're going to need to switch your lights around you're going to need to figure something out so Mm -hmm. what what about outdoor lights uh where you're stringing things together like that sometimes you don't get a good connection or the plugs won't go all the way together or something like that. Uh, any thoughts on what a person could do like that? Well, you make sure that you're, again, you check your cords, just like anything. You need to make sure that there's no exposed wires. Uh, if the prongs are, are starting to be gone, then it's probably again, time to get rid of that. And you do want to make sure that that's fully closed, uh, because anything that can be exposed, any wire, if that you, you could get shocked mm-hmm. or it could spark, you know, so you want to make sure all that is, is fully closed. Now I want to jump ahead. Um, how do you dispose of your Christmas tree? I know this is, you know, normally there is a place that you can dispose of it. So you shouldn't have a bonfire. No, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And again, that goes back to your burn ordinances. If you could go out and you're somebody that has a nice big fire pit and you, you cut it up and you put it in there safely, that may be something to do. You know, you don't want to burn those in like your fireplace have a lot of saps. They can get caught. And normally though, a lot of places have, um, Christmas tree um, disposal so you can take them to a park sometimes the the trash may take them Uh, so that's a a big one that you know you do want to make sure you dispose of it uh, in a proper place what about like wrapping paper I mean is is that is that a hazard too like when you've got candles and like maybe you got candles candles going and then you're you're wrapping gifts and whoops (laughs) candles can be a big hazard Uh, the wrapping papers themselves you know, uh, that's why I always have the garbage trash, right? The trash bag right there with the girls. No, when we're about to open Christmas presents from Santa, I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. don't forget your trash yeah. bag. We got the trash bag right there. Put them away. Yeah, don't start opening. Get the trash yeah, bag. Yeah, get the trash bag. Put it in there. But I think a big one is probably um, the candles. The real candles, yeah. Real obviously. candles can Because they're a... so easy to leave lit. You go to, you know, they smell good. They You get used to it all day long. You yeah. go to bed. Or you yeah. leave it in the bathroom on and you leave. Yeah. What yeah. about? There, there was a... Uh, fire at St. Lawrence Church. This was probably 15 years ago or so. 
and it was a candle in a glass thing that was lit and it burned down and cracked the glass and wax went down on the floor and they had quite a fire over there due to a candle that was left lit overnight. Well, we've had several fires due to candles. We had one in an office building and it was just by happenstance that, that did they have a, they had some sort of tank with water and when the, when it caught on fire on the desk, the desk started to tip over and it sort of put itself out. So it was one of those <laughs> fortunate moments wow. uh, for that office building, but yeah. Well, I want to get into resources because you, we've got about two or three minutes left. Um, you had a great website. You want to go through some of the resources? Yeah, and just so, this, There's more safety tips be, besides just the holiday stuff, Yeah, right? so if you come to Carmel Fire Department's website, we have a lot of safety tips. We have links that you can get to. So we'll have fire safety for kids. We have holiday safety tips. A lot of our programs that are going on uh, that maybe in the year that could teach about that. Also, you know, we have a great um, following on Facebook and our Instagram, especially if you're somebody that's into like like a fire buff, mm-hmm. the Instagram has a lot of just great pictures from the fire trucks and incidents and scenes. And then also um, we have a YouTube channel. And Michael McNeely, the other PIO with me, is a, a wonderful editor of uh, film. Uh, film. He actually was, I like to give him a hard time, he was Mix It Up Mike. He was a DJ back when he was like in <laughs> high school and college. And he uses the same program uh, to, to edit videos. And so we have some really fun videos for kids. We have a a kids corner series. If you didn't watch them, we kind of started during the pandemic and it's a, it's a great, you know, resource. It's some kind of like a, a kid's show, basically how it plays out. And we, we teach them all about different things from the firehouse. We were joking. It's kind of like a blues clues show. Very much. So it kind of plays out just like that. I, <laughs> and Tim kind of looks like the guy that did the blues <laughs> yes. clues thing, which is even funnier. Oh yeah. We have a lot of fun with it. So I got to ask you, um, Tim, you know, as a Catholic, what's it like to, how has your faith impacted you in terms of being a firefighter? Um, I I truly, um, so sometimes I go to Our Lady and do a, we've talked about it before during Lent, do a a, a workout with the kids. And one of the things I tell them, so I would say that faith has a lot to do with, I I believe that I'm I'm where I'm at because of uh, faith. I had uh, best friends that were in a head-on collision when I was a senior in high school, terrible accident, watched the whole thing happen. Only the driver was buckled in pure miracle they all survived jay who was the worst off broke his jaw in four places airlifted uh but made a full recovery i'm godfather to one of his children and you know we're still best friends but that was at the time probably the most devastating day of my life i watched my best friends be in this horrific class or crash and it really became a defining moment of my life because i had never thought of the fire service and so it sort of geared me towards what i do and so i tell the kids even if it's a moment that seems uh that you can't move beyond it. I said, you can try to make that your defining moment. And that, and for me at that time, at my young age of, you know, 18 years old, I had never been through anything more traumatic and devastating. And, uh, and it became kind of my defining moment of who I became for my career. What do you like about being a firefighter? Most of all? Oh gosh, I, I, everything about it. I like that every day is different. I love what we do that we do truly. It sounds cliche, but get to go out and help people. And we treat those people just like your family. And then honestly, the firefighters become your family. Is firefighting still one of the uh, top uh, answers to the question? What do you want to be when you grow up? I hope, I hope it is. (laughs) I really do. I think it is. I would encourage anybody uh, to do that. And I also, as somebody that has five daughters, that includes you, uh, little girls. <laughs> we have a lot of great firefighters that are women. So don't think that that doesn't mean that you, you can't be one. So a uh, great career. And I love what we do. Our guest today has been Tim Griffin, public information officer and firefighter for the Carmel Fire Department, talking today about fire safety and the holidays. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Oh, thanks. This is wonderful. I really appreciate it.
You've been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how everyday people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. This program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. If you have suggestions for topics or guests for this program, contact Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org or call us at 317-8700.